Hello, friends and neighbors. This is Straightening the Record podcast. I am your host, Forrest Cochran. This time around, we have Field Division. Um, a couple of very good friends of mine, uh, especially Nick um, of Field Division, is a very good friend of mine. I've worked on a couple of projects with him. Um, we went to school together at Southwestern Community College, where we both learned a good deal of our uh, technical music knowledge. And I was very, very excited to have him and his creative partner, bandmate, whatever you want to call her, Evelyn, on the show this time around. Um, it's been my intention to have them on Straightening the Record, as I state later in the episode, since the podcast was first beginning to be a thing. Um, unfortunately, we did have some technical issues, and by some I mean quite a lot of technical issues, uh, between internet connectivity and uh, Nick's computer crashing and stuff. We were interrupted a whole lot, but, but I think we ended up pulling together uh, a pretty good episode here. We talk a lot about Field Division's 2018 album, Dark Matter Dreams, which is a great, great record. You can definitely check that out. Um, as well as their three singles that they have put out in the past year or so, uh, all of which I highly recommend. Um, they're doing some of their best work ever this year. And I'm really excited to see what's next. Um, I think that's everything I wanted to say. Just bear with us on the sort of awkward moments that you're going to hear later on in the uh, in the episode. And other than that, please enjoy Straightening the Record, Season 3, Episode 2, with Field Division.
we're we're theoretically all good now. Yeah, yeah, we're rolling. Okay, cool. Rolling. All is good. I I've kind of wanted to have you guys on since the f- the first time that I did this when I had kind of a false start on it. You know, I did like three episodes and then stopped for a couple of years. Um, but but uh, that was in 2018, which was the year that you put out uh, Dark Matter Dreams. So. Um, mm. So at that time, like you guys were like, I think I still have the list of like people that I was like, oh, I should have these people on. I think you guys were on there. So I'm really excited that you guys are on um, because now not only do we have Dark Matter Dreams to talk about, but we also have uh, three new singles, which is really cool. Um, Yeah. So right off the top, I want to say I I really, really like those. And... um, Actually, I've, I found that um, as I've listened to those more, I like um, Black Velvet Skies, I think, the most. They're like all the little guitar things and the, the, the lyrics and, and everything are just so cool on Black Velvet Skies. Um, mm, Sweet, thank oh. you. Yeah. Um, I like I like this line about hallowed devices and and I actually had to look up the word tourmaline because I uh, I was not familiar with that, um, <laughs> but I but yeah um, kind of right off the bat here I kind of wanted to ask about how um, and I feel like this is kind of just like a good general topic for us to hit with you guys because I feel like you guys started out being sort of folk centric but having other stuff in the arrangement to embellish the sort of core folk instrumentation of the the voice and the guitar but like these new singles almost completely disregard that aesthetic and it's not like a big jump necessarily because because there's some folky stuff and some not folky stuff on dark matter dreams too but um but I'm I'm sort of curious if you still identify as a folky band at all anymore, or if like, or if that's not even you know part of the equation. Uh, that's a good question. Honestly, I would say our influences back in the day were a lot of folk rock bands, and so that came out in Reverie State, I think. But it was never our our intention to be just a folk band or just a folk rock band. I think we always, when we work on new songs, we try to bring in um, new ideas, fresh perspectives, and just evolve. And I think it's on Dark Matter Dreams, we tried to bring in more rock aspects. And with the new record, we're just trying to bring in um, some more synths and some more psychedelia and... I don't know. It seems a little intentional, but we're all always just going with the flow too of what just feels right, what sounds right. So maybe at our core, like folk makes sense because we love like acoustic instruments, but we're not like trying to do that. You know what I mean? It's just it's totally. natural. It comes out. <laughs> yeah. I think there's been several songs. Um, our new single, and then Black Velvet. Even I think for a while we tried not to have as much acoustic guitar in it, but it just. It, it happens. Yeah. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> I think in, in, in Black Velvet, for instance, yeah, I think they're, 
like the acoustics really in on like the second verse mm-hmm. only and then it comes in at the end or something to support the band but right. but yeah we really tried to we did try to like set some limitations and, and see if we could do without you know because we basically write every song on an acoustic guitar so it's like um to do away with it sometimes is a bit difficult mm-hmm. yeah that was actually gonna be one of my questions as well is like do you still find that each song kind of begins with just guitar and vocal or um or have you experimented with with other ways of of uh writing some of this newer material i'd say well for black velvet skies that was kind of a that's basically like a b-side that's that's residual material from black uh from sorry uh (laughs) dark matter dreams Uh, and um yeah, so that that song comes from those sessions. So it's it's a fairly old recording mm. um at its core, but uh we had originally written that to be something else and we kind of ditched the whole meaning of it and kind of started f- with a skeleton and we we're like, let's let's try and reharm this a little bit and make it a little more interesting to listen to and it took a little while to build it back up to an actual song. So that was kind of like a weird um, way to uh, write a song because it was we gutted it and came back with something new which I'm really happy with but and then like I guess while we're talking about new material um, like Star Where Are You Now that one was totally just written on a on an acoustic guitar absolutely I mean in every way um, yeah honestly for songwriting it there's no rhyme or reason sometimes I personally personally will get um lyrics and melody at the same time or sometimes i'll just have melody and the lyrics are just harder to pull from the universe and i'll like for black velvet it took me like over the course of a year just so many edits and trying to figure out what i truly wanted to communicate um but i'm happy with how they turned out it it feels natural for me to sing about them right yeah so that black velvet's one of those songs where I was, um, the lyrics didn't come um, stream of consciousness style, and a lot of lyrics do for me, and so it was a challenge um, to, I guess, pull the right words out of the universe and get what I wanted to say across. Um, But for Manifest, it's a whole other story, our newest single. Um, Nick and I were just jamming one night, and we um, found a loop, that we thought sounded cool so we just looped what we were doing i was playing keyboards he was playing drums um and then i instantly wrote the song like like in a half hour like the lyrics and the melody just came all at once and so i love it i love it when that kind of magic happens but um you know i also love those instances where music challenges you you know is this chord right is this word right and then i don't know that whole journey so that's really cool and i'm glad to hear you um say that that some of the newer tunes have come from jamming like that and um i also wanted to ask you evelyn because obviously i'm very familiar with nick's background but um i saw when i was like looking more closely at the liner notes for um dark matter dreams that uh you had played keyboards and that you um you were also credited as doing like one of the string arrangements. And so I was just like kind of curious about hearing about your background before you started making music with Nick. 
Right, okay, so um, growing up I did choir and I loved singing um, and so when I was in high school my mom got me an acoustic guitar and I just, I was, I'd mostly been writing poems for years and I had no clue how to play the guitar, like I didn't have lessons, I don't even think she bought me a tuner, <laughs> so for the longest time I just sounded terrible and, but I was writing songs um, and so that's how I got started. When I met Nick and Ryan and all of you, um, I was really inspired to see musicians and songwriters kind of live out their life doing what they love. And at the time I was doing photography for, for bands, um, but it wasn't as f fulfilling for me personally. I would always feel this kind of discord at a mm. show, like, oh, I'm not doing what I truly love. Like, I love taking pictures, I love editing them, I love seeing people happy with them, but I think music is my greatest passion in life. And so over the last decade, I just started, um, you know, buying more guitars, trying to buy some keyboards um, and just trying to teach myself. And Nick is incredible at everything he plays. And so I try to learn as much as I can from him. But it's hard because uh, he's yeah. so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I feel that, that it would be quite a privilege to uh, share space and, and get pointers from Nick. Uh, so mm -hmm. so oh, I'm, I'm a little jealous in that way. But, <laughs> yeah, um, he has all that theory knowledge from Swick. You know, I, I wish I went. Yeah, well, you were kind of around. You were around when we were at Swick. I was literally, I was trying to find an art school at that time when I went to Swick. Um, but it never clicked in my head like, oh, I should go to school here. <laughs> and I'll tell you years later I'm like oh that would have been an interesting path but I like the one I'm on and you know I, I know I have long ways to go with um, catching up to Nick's brilliance but I still I still <laughs> love music enough to keep doing it every day you know so so not a lot of formal um, no like nah. piano lessons or anything like that just just figured it out mostly yourself and, and yeah. with friends I have a little bit of choir knowledge, but mostly I'm self-taught and just trying to vibe as much as I can with everyone in this musical language, you know? Yeah. Well, in a way, I think that's great, though, because, um, I mean, Nick was, I think, originally self-taught, too, before he went to Swick, like, like you know, yeah. play, playing drums with Black Dahlia Murder Records and whatnot. <laughs> um <laughs> And uh, at least that's the rumor I heard. I don't. I don't remember if that was something you said or if it was something maybe like friend of the podcast Stephen Fisk would have told me or um, or what. But <laughs> well, starting um, out playing drums, I actually played to um, Lint Biscuit and Corn Records. <coughs> um, but <laughs> that's a deep dive. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I actually just saw a Hard Times headline that said um we're revisiting chocolate starfish in the hot dog flavored water because we're in an uber across town or something like that <laughs> <laughs> um but uh but yeah i i i love the the journey of of like being self-taught like kind of figuring stuff out as you go and more often than not i think that can like 
that can lead to some really interesting discoveries when you don't really know the names for everything and you can kind of just like do something that sounds cool and then figure out what it is later maybe you know yeah no yeah evelyn's got a great uh, melodic ear so even just like on a keyboard she finds where she wants to go and it's usually great you know? i don't know what the fuck i'm doing <laughs> and yeah and that's totally fine yeah i'm always i mean you know there's parts of me that i wish i still didn't know sorts of things that i was doing you know just to have that that curiosity but there's like freedom there's freedom in knowing the theory behind what you're doing and anytime he tells me something it just it's, it's illuminating it's like oh wow that really makes it easier if i could just remember that next time Mm. so you know i I like that balance i do think i do think it's both i mean i really do i i think you know even after and and it's not like we got like a super high-end music education either because like (laughs) you know we we just did like two years or whatever but like but i think even after you know that stuff it's like some of the time you really don't want to even think about it and some of the time you're like oh my god thank god i know the fucking circle of fifths or whatever um (laughs) thank thank god i wrote a bunch of stuff around (laughs) bach charts whatever um (laughs) so when it comes to like along those lines of of like developing a song um i'm sort of curious about the arrangement stuff for uh river in reverse um because so for one thing, the the little bit where it settles down and it's just like keyboards and like the really slow shit before Nick's uh, bridge thing comes in, um, that sounds like something where, I don't know, for some reason when, when that comes in, I'm like, it, it like really made me curious of like, was that always supposed to be there or was that like something that developed? And, and like there's a lot of, there's so many little parts, you know, uh you you get where i'm going with this <laughs> yeah um yeah i know that that was always a planned thing um you know like 98 percent of that song is like trucking you know like a lot of that song is just get up and go for the most part there's a couple like stop stop and go moments but we really kind of wanted to kind of settle down and like almost put you to sleep for a second Mm. um for that little bridge moment um and basically just kind of do the same progression but like um in a different key basically or like you know a fourth up or whatever it was but um yeah so that was kind of what what would you say about that bridge moment that bridge moment to me um Patrick's strings in that part they're so haunting and I think we intended for that bridge to be emotional but I think his strings brought this like next level um it's really ethereal because most of that song it feels like yeah we're driving through the desert um or on the California coast but that bridge almost sums up the record for me it's just really emotional and um haunting and Mm kind of meditative yeah yeah meditative yeah. and where did where did that kind of um where did that image come from the the river in reverse like is that um 
because the the song feels like it's about progress it's about moving forward right um but but then when you hear about anything in reverse it sounds like the opposite of moving forward so like that's something (laughs) i've i've always been kind of curious about is like what's that song about for you guys or like where did that image come from Mm, i haven't thought about this in a long time um it's a really old lyric like one of the earliest lyrics i had from probably like you know my late teens early 20s like one of those first songs that never became anything but i really liked that line Mm -hmm. um and to me time is an illusion and so yes the song is about moving forward and um thinking positively about your future and your present but uh because time is an illusion it's almost like it's all happening simultaneously the past present and future and so i think that that lyric to me is really trippy and psychedelic and that's what i wanted to like showcase does that make sense yeah yeah definitely (laughs) i love i love the uh i love thinking about time that way too there's a podcast that i listen to where instead of referring to it as a flat circle one of the hosts always says time is a lake uh, and I like that better um, yeah. because it or a river. Yeah. No, that's that's cool though. Uh, thinking about about those concepts of like time and and whether or not it's real and and how maybe your uh, experience uh, impacts your reality and stuff like that. Exactly. Um, That's what the line means. It's like about bringing the best of your past with you on the journey through the present and to the future. That's what the reverse part kind of means to me is like mm. not your baggage, but just all of those good lessons that you learn, that positive perspective that you can take from all of those trials that you went through in the past and how it can carry you through the future. Like a river. Cool. Yeah. Very very good. Very cool. Um, I'm glad I asked that. Uh, <laughs> um, and that really the the record has a lot of a lot of places that it goes when it comes to that emotional content. Like I feel like, and maybe you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Nick's songs are the angsty ones. Like you got lately, and you've got uh, <laughs> like stay because you sing more on that i i assume that's more one that nick brought to the table and uh and yeah and then like and then i feel like your stuff is uh evelyn is more about like either just sort of like appreciating the shit that's around you or like or like more of those hopeful sort of messages it's kind of yeah it's it's interesting i mean um i mean for, well for instance yeah like stay in lately were definitely kind of um my songs that i just wanted to sing on the record but like r- songs like river i will say you wrote most of the lyrics but we de- that was definitely mm-hmm. a collaboration um and then i'd say lake cursed was a song that i that i brought to the table yeah. but i really wanted her to sing it mm-hmm. um uh and then songs like Destroys were definitely you, Farthest Farthest Moon were definitely you. I would say my songs on the record are really emotional and retrospective and like I'm trying to be hopeful but like the whole record is this devastating roller coaster 
to except, me. Except for <laughs> except for Innisfree. Innisfree has got kind of like party vibes. It's got some pep in its step, and it's more about world peace. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, at least the latter half of it is. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I yeah. I'm. I appreciate you speaking on that because I I know a lot of these songs are really really old. So I I fully yeah. respect it if if you don't even know what to say about any of them you can literally <laughs> just say that and we'll move on but, um, <clears throat> but i still felt like you know i wanted to i wanted to touch on some of that stuff because i uh, like you said people haven't asked you a lot of specifics about it and um there are a lot of these things that i was sort of intrigued by but yeah so so we were talking about like some of that developing and and songwriting and stuff and um and i was uh obviously like a lot of the way that that you guys make records is now impacted by your knowing like um the guys from midlake and what's the other one the the country gentleman or something like that oh the texas gentleman texas gentleman yeah yeah and um and obviously, like you're living down there and working at this at their studio now and stuff. Um, so maybe you guys can talk about if there's any um, if there's any sort of like new things that those guys kind of helped you discover about your songs, um, either new or old. Mm. Or do you guys pretty much call the shots? Yeah. So I guess. To sum up, uh, Star, Where Are You, um, we went into that session pretty loose. Um, the song kind of just broke down to a couple different sentiments, a couple different parts. But um, in the end, uh, we had Mackenzie Smith on drums, Scott Lee from the Texas Gentleman on bass, and our friend Jesse Chandler um, on keys. And just from working with those guys in the past, we had complete... Um, confidence that we'd uh, land on something we liked and given that the song is kind of just like a loose kind of lazy jam um, Scott really went off on the on the bass and uh, we had moments where we were like is this too much but I, I just loved it so much because there was so much space for it to happen um, that it, it felt right and mm. um, so the song is a like it feels like a bass solo to me, but I, I love Scott's playing so much. It's so melodic. And as far as Mackenzie and Scott went, I had complete confidence in what we were just going to be able to do. Um, so, yeah, like the the introduction of that song is, is pretty long. And um, there wasn't really a cap. I kind of just waved my hand when I thought it was, it was time to start singing. Um, so playing with those guys was just a pleasure and kind of um, gave us some ease in the studio, honestly, working with working with them to know that we could uh, have a live band and get what we want and not have to uh, over-criticize every moment of playing, you know? Well, yeah, and I totally know how, I mean, uh, when, when you have the right people to work with, how that can be... Um such a relief just not to not to have any anxiety about whether it'll or certainly to have less anxiety about how it'll turn out when you can trust people you know that you're working with um and you know just 
any any time talking to somebody about their process is really fascinating to me and it's it's a little bit more difficult with you guys because i feel like i already kind of know some of how nick works because (laughs) i've worked with him too and uh so there are like some things that i forget that i'm supposed to ask because i already know it if that makes Mm -hmm. sense yeah um (laughs) but um i just like find a lot of the um a lot of the arrangement choices that you guys make interesting like when i'm when i'm listening to anything from dark matter dreams or the new singles uh a lot of the arrangement choices are are fascinating because there will be so many sounds that come in and out you know and um how much of that stuff do you talk through before you're actually recording and how much of it is like just spontaneous like oh this is the thing you know like like if when it's just the two of you like writing something out how often is it like oh there's got to be a synth thing here or you know oh sure i'd say it depends on the song really yeah it really does i mean a lot of yeah a lot of the kind of layers and textures that um come through in some of our recordings i think are kind of like icing on the cake uh sort of things last things that were like oh yeah we could use some like a high-end sparkle here or something and add a synthesizer but um but a lot of the core arrangement just comes around from you know from the acoustic guitar since that happens to be in a lot of our recordings to what the groove is going to be but uh most of it is melodic you know and then we then then we try and try and fill in fill in the uh counter melodic space with something interesting um but it's rarely that we know without uh messing around messing about with different sounds and stuff until we find oh yeah there needs to be a weird ass sound that you only hear once right there you know and never again (laughs) but yeah yeah you know there's a lot of these things that you know sometimes you hear about bands who like really really plot shit out in advance and they got spreadsheets and all kinds of shit um and then there are some people who are more of the like uh I think in the in the author world, it's sort of the the architect versus the gardener or something like that, you know. And uh, it sounds like you guys are sort of more in that gardener camp of just like, kind of bring it as it comes, like you know, nurture it over time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It feels like. I mean, you're talking about how some of these songs that you're releasing now even go back before. Um, dark matter or or even like around the time of the first EP too so like some of these things like really have to simmer I would say personally I feel more like an architect like when we're making like I think there's balance like we we work together on a song and an an arrangement and if we ever um, are on tour maybe we'll try out the song and the arrangement will kind of evolve over that tour and then we'll come home and work it up but so I feel like we're good gardeners of the arrangement but also I think a lot of the times I can hear and see a plan in my head of what what every instrument on the song is going to be and Mm -hmm. that's not always the case like manifest itself 
working on that. We envisioned drums and synth first, and then it evolved over the course of a year of recording into into being more than we even thought it would be. And so I think there's a balance of both because I'm definitely a planner. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I like to be like, oh, I want a song with 12 string. Like, maybe this is the song or, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, there's there's more synthesizer on some of the newer singles. Uh, so that's like a cool direction to be like, you know, leaning maybe. Or is there anything else that you guys are willing to say about what you're doing with some of the the newer record like because these singles are supposed to potentially be part of a a full release mm-hmm. down the road right yeah and for this record we've actually finished finished um quite a bit of it so far but i would say it's more of the the darker emotional songs that we have tracked and finished and um yeah a few other songs that we are still working on have more of a positive uplifting vibe so excited to see where they go and release the record this year yeah well i mean i also feel like i guess in a way black velvet is like it sounds like you're bummed but again there is there is this sort of like you want to be hopeful there's this Mm -hmm. sort of like yearning to find the hope right Right, right. Well, in the song, it's both de- deeply personal and then also um, just simply universal. Like, I'm singing um, about world peace, essentially, and why can't um, we all just go in on love together? Like, why why is it so hard um, to love one another? Um, but yeah, I think I love that song because of that unifying message and... You know, yeah, I was feeling bummed. Like, the line about the cell phones and just watching, like, the destruction of the world on our phones is, like, that is so scarily last year. I wrote that in 17, those lyrics, I think, 16, 17. Um, but that just oh, sounds man, like 2020. Too. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So these last couple of years have been so intense. I wanted to bring some well, hope to the vibe. Yeah, definitely. But also, I love the the line about corporate greed and fear mongering, and like, hey, yeah. you're preaching to the choir over here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I was inspired by Bernie with that line. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, our boy. Yeah, I mean, so do you guys think that? Um, do you prefer the more universal messages overall than like to to getting like personal or vulnerable in your songwriting in this band Mm. or do you think it's like a balance yeah i I think definitely is um uh i mean even down to yeah so from lately like lately is definitely a more personal song that I wrote a long time ago um, versus, and I'm just comparing my own songs that I've brought to the table, but like Star is definitely just a more universal song about loss. And um, and that was definitely the intent in the end. I wanted to start writing more universal messages and uh, I guess not have so much baggage, not feel so much baggage every time I performed a song, mm. <laughs> you know? Mm. Yeah. Um, but to feel like it was, I was projecting something that other people could feel 
and relate to and we could all get behind? Yeah, I would say there's a balance between both of those with me as well. Um, every line to me is deeply personal because I wrote it. and um, But at the same time, I think on Reverie State, which is surprising, that was my first EP with Nick. Those are my first songs that I ever finished. And that EP to me is very universal. Mm-hmm. And so for Dark Matter, Dark Matter... All of the songs on there are so incredibly personal that when we were performing them, uh, you know, sometimes it would be hard. Maybe I was having uh, an off day or maybe I was connecting to the energy of the song in a way, you know, like sometimes it's hard to sing about people that hurt you on stage, you know, but right. with these newer songs, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to write them from a personal perspective but also keep in mind that maybe someone will connect if i don't if i you know choose my words wisely you know what i mean um sure i have a tendency to want to be really poetic and vague but then i also just scratch that i'm like oh no one's gonna get that and so i try to write more like plainly and universally but still have it be like what's on my heart you know yeah, I, you know, I totally get that impulse to, like, try to be flowery with language, but then it just feels so, it feels, like, too heavy, doesn't it? Like, sometimes trying to, like, sing a lyric that, that you've written just, like, such great language for. Right. Uh, Might be a great poem, but a song, a pop song, you know. You want the message to be, to come through, you know. Yeah, I... I'm curious, since you said that you, that you were doing a lot of poetry before you were writing songs, um, have you had, is it mostly separate things, or like have you had a lot of poems that you were able to sort of like chisel into things that would work for songs? Most of them I've turned into songs. Um, that's what's fun about going through old hard drives or computers and just finding, or old notebooks, of course, you know, finding uh, a line here or there and um, being like, okay, 10 years later, that sounds great in this song that I'm writing. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to do that more this year as a practice. Um, just write whatever it is. It doesn't have to be a song. It could just be anything. I'll have like little notes in my phone. I'll write a couple paragraphs. It sounds like a poem. It sounds like a song. Um, and then I go from there. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, I love the thing of, of working on a thing that like has those, uh, like, especially when it's a little bit too much for a song and, and so you you find the words to replace and you find the things to just kind of trim off and a lot of those kind of sculpting type metaphors for songs, I guess. Um, obviously, like, it's kind of a cliche at this point um, to be like, you guys were supposed to tour, but COVID happened, so you didn't. But, um, but like, <laughs> but you mentioned that you've been doing some like writing exercises and stuff. And I thought it would, it might be kind of fun to talk about like how you've been, uh, dealing with, with having more, uh, free time than you anticipated and stuff like that. Um, anything else like that, that you've been doing to like make yourself feel better about being stuck inside and shit like that. 
I would say like the last year, um, we've worked heavily on our record, so it's been um, strange to be off the road. Um, we did get a little tour with Dustin in at the beginning of the year, so that was nice. Oh yeah, um, that's right. I, Dustin Smith, that, yeah. I fucking almost forgot about that. Shouts out, Dustin Smith. What a guy. Dustin Smith, yeah. <laughs> that tour was really fun. Um, we had no clue that would be the last uh, tour of the year. Yeah, we finished that tour the last week of February, and then, of course, everything shut down. Yeah. Right, yeah. So we're very thankful that we even got to tour last year. Mm-hmm. Aside from working on the record, just like... I don't know. It seems like it's been more important than ever to just like find, you know, your own your own way of of, of making peace with with your surroundings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so yeah, just just sort of curious about that stuff, you know. Yeah. Well, we both have been working on our um, vintage pop ups that we had going. Before the world shut down, um, we've just acquired a lot of vintage over the years um, for ourselves in our videos or just with people in mind that like one day we'd like to sell this. Um, and we have some modern stuff too, but so we're, we're setting up our store, um, just trying to pay the bills, you know, with the selling our vintage, I guess. And what else have we been doing? Getting more into photography, like we're doing our own photo shoots. Um, trying to put together our own our own music videos yeah well yeah because you i mean i i definitely thought both of you were fantastic photographers um when i first started hanging out with you so so i'm i'm glad to hear that you guys are exploring that more and looking forward to seeing more of that um and we kind of danced around talking about manifest a little bit but do you guys want to do you guys have anything really fun that you're excited to talk about with Manifest? Um, I know, like, I was really into some of the some of the different textures, and and definitely like, uh, I know there was like some of the we can come back to some of the time discussion because it felt like that was something that was on your mind with that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it seems to be a theme on the record. Is um, just questioning time uh, and then there's a motif of stars in the last few singles in the sky and so I don't know we're just getting cosmic man <laughs> just <laughs> contemplate, contemplating existence yeah I guess how Manifest came to be was I, I think as we stated earlier it kind of came, came from jamming we were just recording a jam which um, is something we had been trying to do anyway just capturing the first moment that you know whatever we think of um it's usually valuable so anyway i was just playing a six eight beat and she started playing these two chords um and we just kept playing and i don't know made a song out of it made a loop (laughs) i mean basically a loop but um all those drums are live and stuff and we recorded the the drums in a bedroom and mm. uh but Office. anyway like yeah that that song is kind of special to us because it uh, i guess it came about in late 2018 19 19 sorry yeah 19 
getting my ears mixed up. But mm-hmm. um, as we've discussed, time is a lake. So, <laughs> right. So I guess from start to finish, from its inception to the finished product, it, it happened to be one of the faster songs that came together. Um, and as Evelyn said, like the lyrics came came to her that night that we. And the melody, it was and weird. And the melody, yeah. I love it when they all come at once. That stream of consciousness vibe. Um, yeah, I guess the the groove and like just the way that the the harmony is, it kind of gives room for we thought a lot of extra sounds to come in, um, and uh, yeah, it just kind of landed on that hypnotic um, beat, and uh, it was a fun song to make. Um, do you have any other breakthroughs from making that song? Um. I guess just my own journey of learning about the law of attraction and manifesting. Um, I thought it was really interesting that those were the lyrics that spilled out that night because at the time I was really depressed and I think that's where some of my best songs come out of is that that, that moment where you know you're really sad deep down but you, you still have that sliver of hope in the back of your head, that little light, you know? Mm-hmm. And so to me, those lyrics came out and it about manifesting and just you know feeling that I know deep down that um my love is constant and that's what keeps me grounded um yeah I guess um we got manifest coming out soon we were just talking about that um Mm -hmm. um is there anything else the people should know or anything that you just want want to say to the people um if if they're listening before we close out all i can say that's going on in my head right now this is just john lennon all we are saying is give peace a chance you know that's all i'm saying too so <laughs> yeah, i always just want to like give people a chance to either do a plug or or just to literally just say something that's on their mind like i think both are great ways to end a podcast so um so yeah, go to fielddivisionmusic.com and also give peace a chance and uh, uh, or or my favorite John Lennon quote, which is "Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans," which is very 2020 slash 2021. <laughs> uh, oh no! Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's actually my favorite John Lennon quote, but it feels appropriate here. Feels right.